This podcast is sponsored by our SA Rock and Metal Fans Facebook page. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Welcome to Talk to Trev. I'm now speaking to Monstroid, Wayne, and Andrew. How are you guys doing, man? Very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very, very cool, man. I know nothing about Monstroid other than what I've heard on uh, the Fangs 2 album and uh, yeah. Plug Music Agency and Warren sent over Fall in Line. It's like, what the, f- what the hell? This is <laughs> foot stomping like fucking genius, man. I'm glad you dig it, man. Thanks very much. Dude, it's, it's a cracker. <laughs> really i mean you know what I, I love most about music about everything else is like a driving sort of like beat like you know what i mean like getting a car and you can just yeah yeah just go for it and that's yeah, definitely that song fucking has i love that man that that is that is really 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 good so well done guys thank you very much man. really appreciate it so so let's I'm really let's, glad you dig it yeah dude Yes, fucking hell, my foot was going non-stop, man. That's a real good sign. Um, it's five minutes and, and so on, um, which is like outside of the norm for radio play. But Shadow Beast is like seven and a bit minutes. It's like, yeah. you guys don't give a shit, right? You just do whatever you want to do. Yeah, pretty much. We we don't really have any kind of rules with, with, with any songs that we do. Um, we, we, we don't purposefully try and make them longer. I think there's quite a there's quite a um, there's there's quite a drop in the middle of the song uh, where there's a bit of a bass solo and then built built up into the into the guitar solo. So I think that probably adds a good minute on. But yeah, just just uh, however the song uh, sort of carves its own path, you know. Right. Yeah, I think well, I think sense. also we take a lot of inspiration from other bands in the genre. Um, you know, the likes of uh, Truck Fighters and the Queens of the Stone Age and Caius, for instance. And I think a lot of the time they do have those sort of longer driving pieces. You know, a lot of people might feel it's repetitive, but we, you know, it's the, what we really like and we like making that type of music. And to I me, think that um, doesn't sound anything repetitive at all then. But I mean, that's just me, you know, you know, whatever. Well, look, I mean, we, we, we dig the, the genre. So, you know, we, we actually love those, um, you know, that for me, nothing gets me more pumped than, than hearing that, um, that galloping, mm. even albeit repetitive. I mean, if you take a band like Sleep, for example, mm. I mean, if you want repetitive, just put on a Sleep record and um, you, you're going to hear the same riffs just repeated, but it's just awesome. It's heavy. It's sludgy. It's got a lot of. Uh, that's what I love about this genre is the groove. And There's by so genre, groove, we, yeah. genre, we're talking about desert rock, right? Why was it? Why is it being labeled desert rock? Um, look, I think uh, it stems back to where this originated, which is um, you know in the desert in the states. Um, I think I think that's where this was kind of born. Uh, you know, with the likes of Caius and mm. uh, a lot of underground. Um, uh, desert rock bands right uh so i think that's where 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 it originated and it kind of just it's just such a fitting name though because <laughs> uh, it just takes you to the desert for some reason so uh, well that's how i feel and yeah um, i mean that's exactly it like i said getting in a car and yeah. just driving and listening to this music, yeah you know like a exactly. long road and it's just epic yeah i think for it sure. was a, sure. a documentary that um I think Josh Harm was part of 
and uh, yes yes i've watched it yeah yeah and they were talking about kaius and queens of the stone age and yes all that right. sort of stuff yeah the, the guy the yeah. cowboy hat guy that the the he was the recording engineer or the producer dave, or dave catching that's the one there you go you yeah. see yeah, yeah, yeah he's I from e- eagle eagles of death metal uh, yeah, so they've they've got a, a studio, uh, R- 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 Rancho de Luna. I think he's the owner of, of the studio. Right. And they, you know, that's the, I think the area is Joshua Tree. Right. Um, yeah. Now Andrew knows actually is he knows quite a lot about that. Um, you know, he's he's been very close to that that side. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, that's where it kind of originated, and the the, the term desert rock was kind of born um other terms are stone or rock stone and metal right um i don't know how that exactly how that was connected to this genre um but uh, yeah desert rock is um is is for, for me is, is a fantastic genre of music and there's some incredible bands out there and i think that the the, the genre is has become more popular you know um later than other genres have it's, it's, it's like chilled it's become out. More appreciated. Yeah. 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 What I love about it is it's got elements of, of different kinds of music. It's got a lot of blues and I love blues. So that's um, hmm. that's a okay. big win. It's got a lot of blues in it. Um, you, you can pick up a lot of blues in, in desert and stoner rock. And um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of elements of metal, um, you know, heavy, uh, heavy guitars, um, heavy bass. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's there's different genres that are within it, and it's what I love about the genre is it just there's no rules for it. You can do what you want. You can, yeah. You uh, and you know you can speed up, which is awesome, and you can just you can go into half times, quarter times, and yeah. It just yeah, it just gets heavier and heavier whichever way you go. More energy, faster, and heavier, slower. So yeah, it's it's awesome. Really so, so Wayne, how did you get those vocals, man? Because in falling line, the <laughs> vocals are, are ripping. After the the, the the session of that of the, doing that those vocals at the studio, I had laryngitis. So I had to go to the hospital. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so that, that's the one time that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I I, I did it uh, joyfully. <laughs> yeah. So um, now, look, I think uh, you know it's quite funny because. I'm getting a lot of compliments from our vocals, which on this, on this, especially on this album, which is uh, so confusing for me because I've never considered myself to be a vocalist. In fact, when we, you know, when we arrived for our first jam as a band, I, I wasn't planning on singing at the, at the practice, so <laughs> there was no one else. I had to kind of step up, and I put a lot of work into it, and you know, with a lot of encouragement from from the, the band guys. Um, yeah, I just kind of grew from there, and I'm. Yeah, look, I'm definitely not the, the greatest singer by any means, but I'm. I am happy with uh, the part with, with the vocal sounded, particularly in this record. So you should, um, man. It's, it's damn oh, thanks. good. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Damn uh, good. Really and Andrew, you you know slacker either, are you? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's ex- exactly the same with Andrew. You, you also, um, uh, same as me, came from no singing background and also just worked hard on it. And nice. Yeah, I, I love. That's one of my favorite parts of this new album is and is is Andrew's vocals. How it complements um, uh, different hooks and uh, it, it just complements so so many so many great pieces of the music. It's it's really awesome. It I really just I just love well. the f- love the fucking song "Fall in Line" and and I and I really I'm I'm not, like 
so many people listen to one or two tracks and that's it. I'm just, I'm just waiting for so I can hear the whole fucking album because I'm just, I'm just praying that the rest of the album sounds like Fall in Line. Look, Fall in uh, let me manage your expectations. I think <laughs> the energy... Yeah. Just don't fucking let me down, yeah. man. Come on. Yeah. No, there's, there's definitely some other songs that, that have uh, a lot of energy. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if we could quite top Fall in Line. I'll be honest. Uh, that to me, it's... I don't think it gets more energetic than that, but uh, we'll we'll have to see what you what you think when you hear the right. whole album. But there's definitely some other bangers in there. Right, so twenty second of January, the album's coming out, so we haven't got long to go. No, no, yeah, around the corner. Yeah. Right. So, so why why no label? Why go independent? I mean, I know the answer, but I'm just you know making conversations so that people outside of the of this uh, chat can sort of make their own assumptions and or make up their own own minds. But why no label? Um, I think if you allow me to jump in here, Wayne, um, I think uh, one of the main philosophies behind the band specifically is to enjoy what we're doing um, and to not necessarily uh, make it into like a full-time like job or like uh, grudge bear. So we're in creative control. We are doing this for ourselves primarily and then for people who enjoy the genre. So, you know, that sort of... um, songwriting freedom and the ability to do with the music with what we please is definitely one of the, the main um, uh, reasons why we, we're not with a label. But the other thing is, is, you know, just the simplicity of, of, of our whole process. You know, we're all um, uh, working people and fathers and, and what have you. And, and, you know, being able to enjoy what you do, the, pretty much the entire time is is the reason why we make music in the first place. I think a lot of people get lost. And and that is uh, what you've said there pretty much sums up uh, the way people should be doing music, I think. I think a lot of people just think they get in it for one thing. Um, well, oh, I'm generalizing, yeah, so don't shoot me down, people. But I think a lot of people that are musicians are thinking they can make the big time, they can do this. But a lot of people on the way to getting to that goal lose the site of why they actually started a band or being a musician. Yeah, I think, I think that's very true. And, you know, I think the, as Wayne quite correctly said, the, the genre allows us to, to experiment. It allows us to do different things. It allows us to make a seven minute song. Um, you know, we want to put a cowbell in there. We can, if we want to take it out, we, we can, need more you know, cowbell. So we need more cowbell. <laughs> I mean, I went to, uh, I'll manage your expectations there on the album. There's a lot more cowbell. Yes. <laughs> it be the There's best no shortage fucking of cowbell. album this year. That's what I'm convinced. It's it. That's it. Excellent. <laughs> cowbell. We need more cowbell. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. You so know, 22nd January is coming out. Set to Burnt Sky. Okay. So let's just, I just want to just sort of break this down. 2017, you did set one. Is this a concept? Yeah. I think, I mean, if Wayne, if you want me to jump in or if you want to jump in there, I think the, it, the, the idea was is that because we're, you know, we started, you know, jamming together and what have you, we wanted to make a, a live set. And that was what set one was. It obviously evolved after we released it in the live shows that we played. Um, we added some new stuff in and what have you. But essentially, it, if you will, that was our first set. Um, and, you know, the recording process that we went through to make it and what have you, is pretty much a live process. So um, we really only calling the set to Burnt Sky as kind of like a continuation for that. But the album itself is Burnt Sky and we put a lot more craft <laughs> into it. Um, 
and spent just re- really enjoying the process of making is this album. is this the reason why it took so long to record and release and master and everything like that yeah we we i mean i'll let wayne handle this one but you know we we wanted to make it perfect we wanted to make you know it's a it's a piece that we're going to put out forever so when you know and um we, we, it was something we were enjoying we, we you know we went back and made it better and once again this this ties in the fact of being independent you can do what you do there's no restrictions and everything like that very much so i think um you know when when we when we were hearing we, we first had the, it mixed um without vocals and we were happy about them that was like a year ago almost um and the rest of the time you know so the, the core of the of the album is is a live recording we did at digital forest studio in cape town um, and all of the little bits extra we've worked on to make the entire, um, the entire album come together. And that's including vocals and bits right. of percussion keys and what have you here and there. So it just, it just, it just seems, um, inconceivable to a lot of people or unbelievable that an album could take so long. Oh, you know, you, you, you can look at bands like Metallica, you know, take six, seven years between albums or ever, you know, however long mm. they want to be. But I guess it's up to you to choose how you want to do it. And if you want a perfection, does perfection exist? I mean, that's a question. No. All right, on to the next that. question. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, Wayne can, Wayne can definitely take it further here, but I think to answer your question, like, I think you never you you're, you're happy with something and you want to release it, but there's always a little bit that you could always go back and do. I think as creatives, we but that's often, that, that's that's a continuous thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I mean, um, with you know, like some of the songs that were that are on the, the new album, we we you know Wayne had written maybe three years ago, if well, I'm not mistaken, okay. and you know, so coming back to something and putting it on the second record, or you know. Um, Perfecting something that is yours is something that you you know be proud to do when you want to put it out. Is is there a like a I know I've asked this before to to other musicians, but is this like a real sort of emotional attachment to it? And when? For sure. Yeah, there is there is an emotional. You mean to the to, to the, the final product? Yeah, to the final product. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, there's definitely an emotional attachment. Um, yeah, look, I mean, you, you put a lot of work into it. Um, you know, the, the first album was um, was was a very quick process. We we went and we did look, we, we did a, we did the live recording for both albums. Uh, went and recorded the instruments live, and then went and went to work in the studio on the vocals, and you know, did all the effects and layering and, and, and all of that. Um, so, I mean, the the, the the process was pretty quick in the first album. Um, it's it's a, a lot. The first album's a lot more rough around the edges. There's there's some you know blemishes and stuff. Which look, that's the other thing about Stoner Rock. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, mm. It's a it's a rough around the edges genre. So you and, and you get away with things like that. So it actually in fact adds character to to to, to this genre. Absolutely, you, yeah. Yeah. So so we were happy with the album, but I think as we this this is the thing we. we We've we've evolved a little bit as musicians um, since yeah. the first album. Um, you know, we we've learned a lot having been having spent more time in the studio. Um, I think um, just from a complexity perspective, the the, the the complexity of the songs has increased a bit. Um, you know, uh, you know. So so 
the, the idea for me certainly was to to put a lot more effort into the production of the second album. So they, that that is part of the reason why it took a lot longer. Mm. Is uh, there was a lot of production involved, um, you know, picking apart things. Um, you know, and it's just I think it's just as we progressed a bit as musicians, we wanted it to be a better, you know, step step up, you know, from yeah. the previous album. Of course. And yeah. I, th- I think the emotional attachment really, that's where it happens, is, is when you're putting a lot more care into into the product. Right. Um, so I, I love both albums equally, and I'm very much emotionally attached to both. But, um, you know, it's just a different experience, having put a lot more work into the album. Where do, you, where do you get the experiences from, you know, that drives an album to be created or, or written, the lyrics and, and the riffs and so on? Um, all right. So from a riff perspective, um, there's just something awesome. Like I think a lot of a lot of stoner rock and desert rock guitarists will be able to to um, vouch for this. There's just something really awesome about riffing in in heavy fuzz tones. Um, there's just something really awesome and uh, enjoyable about doing that. So you just get so much. It's so much fun. Like I, I mean, I I love playing. I, I listen to so many different genres of music. I mean, at the moment, let's see what I've got here. I'm busy listening to Blind Faith, 1970 record, and wow. then I've got Peter Fram, Peter Frampton here, his live album. Um, so you know, there's just so many. Um, I listen to so many different genres, and there's there's so many things you can play. But I always, when I sit down with a guitar, I just I just start playing sonar rock riffs because it's just it's just something something really special about it so it's a lot of fun to play you know with with, yeah. the, with the heavy fuzz tone so i think that's that's just the inspiration that i get for playing playing for riffing right and it's just a lot of fun pumping up um desert rock riffs just something awesome about it. you know it's if you put a, a blues riff together, it's cool and everything. But when you when you get a rocking sto- uh, a stoner rock or desert rock riff, it just it kind of it's, it just makes you happier. Yeah. To put it simply, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely um, going to try and listen to to more desert rock, stoner rock. That's for sure. Because if it's like this, yeah. then yeah, I'm going to be very happy. For sure. Like you, 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 once you go down that rabbit hole, like, <laughs> um, for me, I've been in it for a long time and. Uh, I think I've enjoyed getting into this genre more than any other genre. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm definitely going to um, give it a go. So, so who came the, up with the name Monstroid? How? It's a good thing Larry. It's a good thing Larry's not not on the call because he, he it would have made, the discussion may have gotten heated. Because <laughs> okay. he, he's, he's 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 stuck his flag in the ground there. So. Oh, hang on now, now Larry's <laughs> we'll the bassist. Larry's the yeah, bassist, yeah, you know, always in the yeah, background so look, somewhere chirping there. Eh? Yeah, that's that's Larry. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> no what, what Larry, is, I don't know you for shit, yeah. but hey, I know bassist. We, we all we all love you, Larry. <laughs> um, what happened was, I I think um, I came up with uh, something about asteroid. Uh, sure. Uh, okay, so I came up with Mega Monster and uh, uh, Wastroid, which is actually a Fu Manchu. Manchu song right uh, it's an instrumental song that Andrew and I have loved for years and I, I recommended both those names for band names and Larry took the two and merged them 
So mm. technically, uh, technically, we give it to Larry. <laughs> you got to give the bassist a bone every now and then. <laughs> we'll throw him a bone, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well done, Larry. Yeah. Good job. Well done. <laughs> okay, so um, what is the, the, the main influences for Monstroid? Um, sure, main influences. Oh, you mean other bands? Yeah. Uh, well, without a doubt, first and foremost is Fu Manchu. Right. Uh, if if you want to get into this the stoner rock genre and the desert rock genre, is that where I've got to start, right? You go, go go straight to you can you know you can go back further and, and check out other Kiff bands like like Caius and Queens of the Stone. But I, if you really want to if you if you want the if you want to pick the the low hanging fruit, just go straight to Fu Manchu. <laughs> the low hanging fruit. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's I love that band. Uh, that's that's my biggest inspiration for sure. Um, and I would. Probably say it's Andrews as well, Andrew. Yeah, that, that and um, you know uh, Queens and Caius and Truck Fighters and you know like the, the usual suspects of the genre. I think yeah. uh, Fu Manchu's um, riffs and, and fuzz style and what have you was probably uh, our biggest thing, eh, Wayne? 2002's California Crossing. What an album! California, yeah, California Crossing. Just go straight to that album. That's, yeah, uh, done. That, that, done. That, 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 yeah, you'll love it. So I think um, uh, Fu Manchu, Caius, and for me, another band that really influenced me a lot was Spiritual Beggars, which is actually yeah. uh, the, 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 the lead guitarist of Arch Enemies' stoner rock band. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, check, check that out as well. Alrighty, a little bit okay. darker, yeah, a little bit darker and more technical guitaring, but um, incredible, a really incredible band. Okay, so let's get back to, to um, 2021 now because, you know, fuck 2020. Let's just avoid that year. Let's just go straight to 2021 and say what's, what's going to be happening for Monstroid in 2021. Other than an album, 22nd of January, people, keep an eye out on your digital platforms. Yeah, look, uh, Andrew's the one that's got all the, the tricks up his sleeve here. Um, Andrew's great at, uh, you know, um, Plan, planning this kind of stuff for the band, so I'll hand hand it over to him. But from my side, I, I don't think there's any there's any plan. Uh, we want to release the album and um, you know make some videos and stuff like that. But you know we're not putting any pressure on ourselves. We 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 just want to enjoy enjoy this album, put it out there, and maybe play a couple of gigs and see what happens. You know we we don't expect anything uh, dazzling from from our efforts with this album. We just want it to be enjoyed. And, you know, we don't expect it to be enjoyed by a lot of people either. Um, we know the genre is small, uh, especially in this country. Um, a mm -hmm. lot of our listeners are actually European and American. Um, so we, we're not expecting any uh, uh, anything dazzling to happen, you know. Would there be uh, a hope at some point to go overseas? I, I just don't look... I don't. I don't know how. Yes, it's it's obviously an awesome thought, but you know, um, it, it's it's so difficult. It's like it's like herding cats to have a practice with with, <laughs> with us. You know, to go on to go on tour. Like years ago, of course, I would be there in a flash. But these days, you know, we it's more about the music. You know, right. we you know we we've got families, um, we've got children. Uh, we've got careers and businesses and stuff like that. So we, you know, the, the idea of going to play overseas, wow, I couldn't, 
you know, I couldn't dream of anything better, but realistically, mm. you know, it's something that we'll have to talk about and think about, you know, it's, but, yeah. particularly it's, in these times very, as well. Yeah. You know, these times, that's why there's no, we don't have any, have any high expectations for this year because of, you know, this pandemic, um, you know, we, we can't expect people to, to show up at shows and things like that. So, you know, there's no rules to this year. We, we right. just want to put the album out there. Fortunately, we've got all these great platforms um, where we can reach people. And if it's over the internet, we're quite happy with that. It doesn't right. have to be uh, gigs per se. Yeah. Um, gigs are awesome. They're a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, we, we've got nothing to prove, really. We don't have anything to prove. That's how this band's always been. You know, we've had nothing to prove. We, 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 we just want to make music that we like. And we we know that there'll be other people that'll dig it as well. Um, just take it in your stride, man. That's it. Yeah, just just take it in our stride. That's how we've always been. So yeah. we haven't we haven't um, you know we haven't been on a mission to try and uh, uh, um, conquer the make world. Gigs happen. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. So I mean, you know, in these last few years, we haven't been on a mission to arrange gigs and and all of that. And you know, we we just it it needs to just happen organically and yeah, flow absolutely, uh, and yeah. fortunately andrew's a wizard uh, you know with videos and um releasing stuff online you know andrew andrew's uh, it's a big it's a, it's a part of our band that I, I really love is how andrew um you know gets us out there um uh, and puts the music videos together manages our social media you know the it's really that that brings me a lot of joy you know how 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 we how we are connected with people and how music is is presented basically right so we get a lot of joy out of that you know so you know if we don't if we don't go and play massive gigs and massive concerts and things like that yeah, festivals, whatever. you know we we don't really really don't have a problem with that um, yeah you know if, if as long as we we're making music that we love and enjoy yep. and other people are enjoying it then that's good enough for us you know Andrew, what is the, the desert rock survival to COVID? Um, more desert rock. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good... Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's no, pretty good. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, I was watching, I don't know if you know, um, Yawning Man um, and the California Desert Wizards Association. They've been streaming stuff all year. We've had some of the most amazing music coming out of 2020. Awesome. Excellent. Um, it's just been fantastic. And I mean, yeah, as Wayne says, you know, part of the whole process of creating the music is creating the stuff around it. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm an art director in the advertising agency world, and I don't get to have this type of fun with anything. And well, the best part okay. about it is I get to do it with my mates. Yeah. And it's for us. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. What's um, better than so that? It, there's not a lot of things better, I can guarantee you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, just at least from a, a creative um, platform point of view. Absolutely, um, yeah. So I mean, I, I know, should watching... actually put you in touch with uh, with um, David Owens um, of Lithium Fame and and so on. Um, he's a he's a graphic designer, and uh, he might be uh, on the prowl for work. Fantastic. Well, I mean, you know, the, the the whole thing is is that that's exactly how we've been doing this. You know, our music videos um, uh, are content and what have you we try and work with our friends and family mm, uh, a lot of our friends and family have made the stuff we've released possible yeah 
um, you know, from, you know, shooting stuff in Namibia to, you know, shooting stuff in Clan William and what have you. It, yeah. Um, you got to use you know, what you can, you know, not use, but not use and abuse, but, you know, with, with no, the help of friends you, and family, it's the way to go, man. Yeah. And I mean, oh, that's, that's been fantastic. It really has. Yeah. Um, I think we're very lucky to also a lot of our friends believe in us. So it's not a big um, issue for them to want to, you know, help us either. Help. Yeah, and absolutely. So they're, they're, you know, it, the, the buy-in is that they get to do something cool too. Yeah. And it might not be the world's best content, but you know what? It's made with there's, love and enjoyment. You know what? There's something what about creativity that just, you know, inspires. And, and I, for me, it just gets, gets me going, man. Anything creative like this and music, anything music related, it gets me going. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. And I mean, you, you know, we've been watching as many live streams as possible. You see what the other guys are doing and, you know, well, we can do this. We can do it a bit differently or what have you. And yeah. I mean, uh, the, there's so many tools for um, us to use now where we can put our stuff out there that, it, you know, it's not about the commercial success. Yeah. That's the mental part. It's about yeah. the people, like it's about the people listening and, you know, yeah. And again, if it's, you know, just me, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we're first approaching the end of our, our time slot now. So, uh, yeah. uh, Wayne, uh, let's get your rig run down. Okay, cool. Um, so I, I play, uh, Gibson guitar, um, mm. uh, flying V, uh, Ooh, nice. is that, is that yeah, a typical been... desert rock kind of guitar flying V? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, definitely Gibson Gibson guitars with humbuckers are mm. very popular for this. Yeah, okay. that's the, the kind of uh, sound you want. Uh, I've just uh, I've gone through various guitars and I've I've just found the Flying V for me is the most comfortable and and uh, to play and uh, and the sound that it gives me. Um, I actually took took humbuckers out of uh, or. A previous guitar that I had and put them in the B. So I've got my perfect setup from a guitar perspective. Um, nice. Orange amps also also Ooh, very yeah. popular for this Ooh. genre. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I play play orange, and then uh, I'm quite a pedal junkie. Um, <laughs> I really dig pedals. So I've got. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I can quickly. I've got a photo of it here, and I'll just I'll give you a very very quick. Uh, I'll go in from a tuner. Okay, from a tuner into a orange fuzz pedal, into a hyper fuzz boss, into a, a Keeley compressor, into a, a Dunlop Watt, uh, then I'll go into a, a tube screamer, Ibanez tube screamer, then I'll go into a, an MXR distortion pedal, then I'll go into a drop pedal, then I'll go into a noise gate, then I'll go into a booster, an octave pedal, <laughs> a phaser, uh, a Solvar, uh, BBE Solvar Broach. Truly, that's the end. Come on. And I, I go, and then I go into a, um, uh, a T Rex uh, phaser and chorus pedal. Then I go into a delay no, pedal. Then I go, then I go into a tremolo pedal. Then I go into a rev reverb pedal. <laughs> I go into seven, 17 pedals on my pedal board. <laughs> How the hell do you cut that shit around with you? That's ridiculous. You need your oh, own power 16. generator for that. Yes, and then, and then there's the, the two power supplies that are underneath the <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing how you can get carried away. The first album uh, that we recorded, I had about six pedals and uh, probably used three of them. 
So yeah, I just got, I, I, I really just... Just um, a few, um, yeah. I fell down that rabbit hole after the first album around about then and just uh, <laughs> went on a journey of the sonic journey. And uh, it, it really, um, really was a great ride. <laughs> it really bankrupt you, never mind a great yeah. ride. Yeah, no, I've, I managed to find all these pedals secondhand, most, most of them secondhand. So, yeah, so, and, and How many I mean, this. Do you have, Gee. Yeah, you got to tap dance around, and I have to <laughs> sing as well, so it can get tricky. <laughs> Andrew, what's your rig rundown, man? Let's have it. Oh, geez. I'm very much more simple. Um, I have two pedals, a Big Muff Pi and a Distortion Overdrive. Um, and I play rhythm on a Ibanez Sound Gear bass most of the time, mm. um, which is just for that extra track fighter style fuzz, like overdrive. So mm. it's, I'm not, I don't play all of the time. It's that low, end, like, low end rhythm. Yeah, Hello, and then I like that. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, then I'm on percussion with uh, tambo and fallen line and um, a cowbell, and and then the album I think. Um, oh, cowbell! Oh, cowbell! Yeah. Yeah. So for the album, we were like, cool, you know, everyone um, gets a go sort of thing. But normally when we play live on fallen line, I'll I don't actually play guitar; I just do percussion and vocals with Wayne. Nice. You got to tell um, him about the. You, you got to tell him about the the soul pole, man. The soul pole. So yeah, Wayne, uh, Wayne, um, Wayne had this idea when we first when we were going. It was like, let's give you a um, cowbell and a whole lot of different percussion that you can put in front of you. And when you play live, you can play on the soul pole. And the soul pole holds the cowbell. It holds the tambourine. It holds the vibra slap and some other shakers. And then. Um, it gets a little tricky sometimes, but I move between the, those things on the guitar depending on the song um, and mid-song maybe. And, there must uh, there must be a visual feast for people coming to to your show to to see that all this happening. Also, they, I think they look they must look at us a bit strangely sometimes. <laughs> well, I hope for one day that I'll be able to get to see you guys live, and and uh, we're out of time now. So, uh, James, thank you so much for popping in and, and having a chat, man. Twenty um, second of January, twenty twenty one, the new album set to Burn Skies coming out on all digital platforms. So, people keep your eyes on all the DSPs, guys. Wayne, Andrew, thank you very much, man. Uh, I love Fall in Line, love Shadow Beast, Fall in Line. Oh, man, that is. Thank you. Damn, that's going to go on my Spotify playlist as soon as it's out on the 22nd of Jan. Thank Beautiful. you very much. It's been a pleasure. Alrighty, guys. Keep safe and, and keep well, man. All the best. Cheers, man. Cool. Thanks a lot. Cheers.